Spurs fans, welcome back to another Spurs and Salsa. I'm your host, JD, and as always on the mic with me, the one and only Mouse in the house. Yo, what's going on, world? What's going on, man? How you doing? Not too not too bad, just counting down the days to Christmas. How about yourself? They're coming. It's coming, bro. It'll be here before you know it. Dude, like, legit. It's, it's coming quick. It feels like it feels like Christmas in my house already because I'm putting together stuff like it's Christmas Eve. Oh, you already doing that? Oh, bro, I'm not happy right now. I'm like, <laughs> I've been sitting in my living room putting together a dresser for for my little girl. That's I've been at it like three hours now, so my body's hurting. I'm not, I'm not doing good. So if I come off angry in this podcast, that's why. Well, it's funny you say that because. I intend to make you angry today. <laughs> that's your that's your life's goal, John JD. That's your life's no, goal. No, but so we've gotten along real well this whole I would say football season. Mm-hmm. I think you know life's been good for us, and sometimes we disagree. But this for the past few months, we've been in full agreement on a lot of things. I'm pretty sure this podcast is going to end that streak. <laughs> You're the delusional one, just for the record, just to throw it out there already. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so where did you get the dress from Ikea or what? It's worse than Ikea. It is worse than one from Ikea, bro. I have, uh, we got it off of uh, Wayfair. It came with like a little baby for free. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I think I'm with the baby. Um, I didn't want to touch that. Very inside uh, conspiracy joke. Yeah. Uh, my wife will understand it. But... Yeah. So we've ordered a bunch of things off there, like chairs. <laughs> chairs and stuff like that but i did not expect this one to uh to be in this many pieces Dang. so for those that don't know google wayfair don't google it from your work computer <laughs> conspiracy theories i didn't know i didn't want it to come off as you and i have like a wayfair inside joke yeah it's a kind of a that thing's been like about a year old right that whole conspiracy story yeah i think so I, th- I think it's about about a year about COVID, almost a little younger than COVID. So, what made you not go to IKEA? And the only reason I ask about IKEA is because I think if you look out your window, you could see it. Yeah, I see the IKEA light. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, it's just easier to shop online. Okay. Just, just yeah. My wife's been looking for a month or two, and then she uh, she caught this one and she liked it. So. I think Free. this. I think this year I'm gonna avoid putting anything together. Really? Yeah. Now that I think of everything that the kids are asking for from Santa, uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I am gonna avoid putting things together. Dang, that's nice, man. Nice. Yeah. One one year, Santa brought my kid a power wheel. Mm. I didn't think they came in such with so many pieces. <laughs> oh. I got one of those under the tree this year, and I thought the same thing as you. I thought, you know, maybe two pieces, yes. car and the battery, but wrong. it says like it says like an hour to two hours to put it yeah. together. And they're not wrong. Shit. And I, <laughs> so yeah, man, I don't, I don't envy you at all this year. But, yeah. uh, you're just getting started too. You got a baby on the way, so you'll be putting things together for a while. Yeah, man, doesn't stop. And you got to probably get my gift. Yeah, no, no kidding. So get to it, man. I know it's a. Uh, it's from Wayfair as well. All right. <laughs> Have you guys done any um, 
Christmas activities around the city. I know the zoo has lights. People go to Windcrest. Um, that we talked about downtown two weeks ago. Anything like that? Yeah, we've done it. We've done a couple. So we uh, we jumped on the SeaWorld train maybe okay. two weeks ago. And uh, my little girl's just starting to like Sesame Street, so so she loved that and Elmo and and all that stuff. And the lights are always super cool. I think it's the most lights and in one place in Texas or, or the nation or something like that. I don't, I don't know what their claim to fame is, but for you to say that, I believe you because I don't know how you would make that up. So yeah, <laughs> but I did see uh, kind of our old employee parking lot where we used to hang out when we worked there back in the day. Okay, did, was your name still drawn in the cement? No, <laughs> it was not. It was not. But I saw yours. Yeah. You remember you carved my name? (laughs) Put a heart around it. I put a JD Loves Mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Por Vida. Yeah, PV. Just like the first commercials. Yeah. So, yeah, we did it. We did that. And and then we did One Crest last week. Nice. Yeah. So, when you you go to One Crest, is there a line to get in now? Yeah. uh, So, there wasn't. I guess if you go as it gets darker, like after it's dark, the line's like ridiculous. Um, But we went about six o'clock. And so it was just getting dark. So we didn't hit a line until we got into the neighborhood. So not not everybody that listens to us is from San Antonio. So for those that don't know, it kind of explain Windcrest to our non-San Antonio listeners. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of random. It's like a just a small little community. It's a city of Windcrest like a volunteer fire department police department but it's really just like a neighborhood um and uh for some reason i don't know why it started but i think it's been going on like 50 years or something like that majority of the people in that community will decorate their house with all sorts of lights um now not everybody partakes but but most people most of the uh the community does and it's crazy and so when you get go through there the line is really long um some of the houses have a theme, and I will say that this year there is a house that ABC ran some national TV show, um, and one of the houses won fifty thousand dollars for their lights, really? and they won the contest. Yeah, I remember the TV show. It was like the Great Light. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. The Great Light something, or mm-hmm. I'm sure if you Google it on on Hulu, it'll ha- Hulu has it probably. I didn't know somebody from Windcrest is on that show. Yeah, they actually won. Uh, nice. Sure. Isn't it crazy? So, if you lived in Windcrest, would you be a Scrooge or would you go Clark Griswold? Yeah, I think I'd go Clark Griswold, but I would be mad. Like, you have to be angry when you come home on the evenings and it takes you 45 minutes to get. Oh, I didn't even think of that. A quarter that's of a really mile. Good, that's a really good point. Yeah. But I'd do living it. Living at the Alamo Dome. During yeah, day. on Cherry Street or something. <laughs> that's what he used to do. Yeah, <laughs> he used to work out that way. <laughs> Man, we're going deep with the Little San Antonio jokes. All right, well, speaking of San Antonio, the Spurs, they just keep winning. Now, they've won six of their last nine, which coincides with when they got, besides Vassell, they got fully healthy. Mm-hmm. We talked about it last week, and I don't want to have the tank conversation yet, again, because I th- I think in the next couple of weeks I'm going to ask the leader of Team Tank his thoughts now. Uh, he's a special guest. 
he's you know he's asked to be on this podcast before, so I want to I want to table the tank talk. Okay. But what are your what are your just your thoughts on the team the last few games? So since we've recorded, they lost to the Knicks, they split with Denver, and they beat New Orleans. Yeah, they're I not mean beating great teams, but they're winning again. They've won six out of nine. Yeah, Denver's a big win, right? If you look at yeah, the that's true um, schedules, but. I mean, I, I'm happy with them. I, th- I think they're doing well. We, we were kind of down on um, Derek White maybe for a couple of weeks. It seems like he's bouncing back and he's finding his stroke. Yeah. Um. So overall, I mean, I think the team is progressing. Trade deadline's coming up, so it seems like there's a bunch of talk about that. Um, but overall, I'm pleased with, with what I'm seeing. So a few weeks ago, we talked about Derek White being the key – how well the Spurs do. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean he's the best player. What I mean is DeJounte Murray is consistent. Like DeJounte Murray is to the point where he's going to give you an all-star performance. I think he had a triple-double last game. You know, Jacob, Jacob Perto, we gave him his love last week. He's consistent as well. He's actually led the team in scoring against New Orleans with 24 points. And he led the team in rebounds with 12. So Murray and Jacob are going to you know do what they do. Lonnie Walker's still very streaky. I think I just think that's who he is. Also, mm-hmm. I think we're start. I think we're starting to learn who the Spurs are. Derek White's the. Key. What I mean, Derek White's the key is he's the guy that either gets us over the hump to win a bunch of games, like he's been doing, or when he's struggling is when we go on those massive losing streaks. Yeah. Now the two wild cards are still Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell, but I think. As Derek White goes, so do the Spurs. In the end, the last few weeks kind of back up that statement. Um, yeah, I would agree. I mean, as, he, as he's found his stroke and, and uh, he's playing better, we're definitely playing better as a team. And he's that, that third piece we kind of need, right? We have, Jakob's been, a, you know, when he's healthy, he's been there. DJ, like you said, has been super. And we, we just need somebody else to contribute. Yeah, and again, Vassell's been out, so Vassell, Vassell could also step into that role. And maybe I'm giving Derek White too much weight on the success of this team, but from what I've seen the last few weeks, this team goes as Derek White goes. Yeah. Um, Keldon is still, you know, he's still finding himself. His three-point shot has gotten a lot better. Um, you can tell Chip England's been working with him. Hopefully Vassell comes back in the next game or two. Uh, let's see. Keldon Johnson's averaging fourteen and a half points, six rebounds, two assists. So he's he's, he's starting to climb. <clears throat> you know who I'm excited who I'm excited to get back that I can kind of completely forgot about was Zach Collins. Yeah, I mean because he's I'm never like, played for the Spurs. Yeah. So you're right because, and it's, it's funny you mention that because the one Achilles heel for this team is front court depth. Yeah. You know, I think we've all unfortunately given up on Drew Eubanks as far as being a quality backup. Sad for me to say, because I, I do love his effort, but if you're counting on him to be your backup center, it's not going to be long-term success. He does have these big hustle plays, but you can't give him too many minutes. And right now, he's he's playing a lot of minutes. Yeah, when I saw him this past weekend out there lining up against uh, the Joker, 
you can really see the difference between him and, and you know, a top-notch big guy. You started to cry? Yeah, I did. Dude, so Keldon's shooting 44% from three. Now, he only takes – he doesn't take a lot of threes. It looks like he only takes between one and three threes at the game, but that's not bad. Um, but, yeah, but big – good big men always hurt the Spurs because even Jakob, he struggles to cover the elite bigs in the league. Yeah. And, I mean, that's okay, right? I mean, he's – Jakob's not an all-star center – but um, those are the teams that hurt us the most. That's why the Lakers, they have so much front court depth and, and size. And it hurts to it hurts to a degree. Um, yeah, Eubanks is averaging almost 15 minutes a game. If Zach Collins can cut that out, if if he could take yeah. 10 or 12 of those minutes, yeah, that'd be ideal going forward. Now. Doug McDermott is up to 25 a game, and he's averaging 11 points a game. I love seeing him on the court just because yep. he's such a pure three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. Bryn Forbes is up to seven points a game. Bryn Forbes is starting to play pretty well, all things considered. And here in a second, we'll start talking about uh, trade rumors because you said the trade deadline's coming up. Yeah. There, His... you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just jump in our – Say your piece on on four. No, I was just gonna say I I haven't really thought about him as a as a trade piece or an asset to other teams, but it seems like the contenders are looking are looking at him and and he's drawing some interest from some of the other teams. Yeah, Jeff Garcia from Spurs Zone podcast and Ken's Five, good friend of the show, he's had me on his podcast as well. He reported that some contenders are looking at Forbes. Uh, he also reported. That the Suns are interested in trading Jalen Smith, backup center, for maybe Thaddeus Young. And then, of course, we talked about the Pacers last week. So, Bonus and Turner are out there. And the Spurs have been rumored to be in the mix with those guys. There's another name I don't even want to bring up. We stopped talking about it for weeks. And then it seems like last came out and his name's tied to the Spurs again. Yeah, we wanted to throw it in there, Ben Simmons. So, for those that have been listening to this podcast a while, at first I was against it, and then I kind of talked myself into it. But the fact that the Sixers want an all-star player back, and it, and it probably would be DeJounte Murray, I'm against the trade. Because when I wanted the trade... DeJounte Murray was on the cusp of being an all-star, but Ben Simmons was already that. Now, they had very similar stats, but I couldn't deny that Simmons was better. Now, now it's very, very close on who's, who's a better player, but the contracts are so far apart that I think we'd be dumb to give up Murray for Simmons. Because you'd be giving up Murray and then some pieces or draft picks. Now, I know yeah. you have something on your chest. Go ahead and let it off. No, no, I, I, I see your point. I just wish. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's a way, but if there's any way to keep DJ, and and I think we can run with both Simmons and Dejounte. So, I, I don't know if that's something 
that they would even be willing to do. But that makes it an easy decision for me. So the Sixers have been steadfast that they want an all-star in return. Murray's our only potential all-star. And I don't think they could run together just because Murray's shot the ball better this year. But he's not a pure, like, shooting guard. Ben Simmons definitely is not a shooting guard. So you'd have two guards. You'd have two big defensive guards that want to attack the paint in the same backcourt. And then you got Keldon next to them, who, yes, he's shooting 44%, but he's, he's another one that's not a, a three-point shooter, a pure shooter on this team. I think you need a Derek White. And that's why I've played with the idea of Devin Vassell even taking that spot or eventually Primo. You need a shooter next to Murray and Keldon besides McDermott. Because, again, Jakob's another guy that's not going to shoot. I just don't see a fit. And, again, Murray, I forgot what some, I forgot what website posted it, but DeJounte Murray is giving the Spurs max contract performance. Yet his contract is very, very small, and he's locked up for another two or three years. Murray is the steal of maybe the NBA. He's the best value. He's like when you go to Walmart back in the day, you're looking at DVD, Ben. And you, pull <laughs> you pull out a classic for five bucks. Yeah. You got yourself Beverly Hills Cop. Or, you know, something real good for real cheap. That, that's what Murray is. So, again, I'd be more fo- – if I'm the Spurs, I'm focusing more on getting either some post help on the bench like a Jalen Smith or actually trading and getting a new starter in the post, in the paint, like Sabonis or Miles Turner. That's where I'd be focused on. And if you're the Spurs too, if you can unload Bryn Forbes for a first or second round pick, I'll take it. If it's a second round pick for Forbes, I don't mind giving up Forbes for a second round pick because it opens up minutes for Primo. Yeah, for sure. I do that all day. And... The Spurs haven't drafted perfectly, but they've drafted extremely well. So you're giving them another draft pick, another another bullet in the chamber. Shoot, sign me up for that. And it's not like anyone's gonna miss Forbes. Like, I I like what he's done the last few weeks, and I think he's a solid player. But again, if you give me a draft pick, and it bring and it frees up, what I say he's playing 14 minutes a game. You give those minutes to Primo. I will take that. Yeah. Is he back in Austin or is he still? He's back in Austin. So yeah. hopefully he listened to our podcast. Stop by the outlets. Stop. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think he's going to the outlet. Maybe though, right? He's 18. Maybe he don't know he's rich yet. Um, but give him, if you give Primo 14 minutes a game, that'd be awesome. That That's a, that's a fun trade. If you trade Thaddeus Young for a young backup center, we're not using Thaddeus, so... Or if you add him to a package to go to Portland, I don't mind that either. Um, Other than Murray, there's players I don't want to lose on this team, but other than Murray, nobody's off-limits for me. And I'm only saying Murray because I just told you guys he's the deal of the century. Yeah. I just want us to make some moves, man. That's all I want. 
Like, I don't care what it is. Just read. You just want movement for movement? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, the, but the team's gelling right now. They won six, uh, six and nine. Yeah, but they're not going to contend. Are they? Or do you think they're going to contend? For a title this year, no. But for playoffs, yeah. I guess, yeah. I don't. I don't mind. I'm not going to throw my hands in the air if they don't trade. Maybe they should unload Thaddeus Young because he's an expiring contract. Yeah. My only and value there. Don't don't take a dumb contract in return. You know what I mean? I'd much rather I'm... have Thaddeus off the books than taking a a contract just for the sake of it. That money, I know you get caught up in the money, but the money doesn't bother me for the Spurs. I've, you, you know my feelings on it. We're going to have to overpay for people. No one's coming to San Antonio cheap or on a discount. That, that's what so I, I mean. Don't, I'm not saying never, not take you know, a star. What I'm saying is right now Thaddeus, is, his greatest asset is that he's going to open up cap space if we have to overpay a star. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I mean. I don't mind, like, let's say even a Miles Turner, right, who's got, like, three years left on his deal. If they traded Thaddeus Young and, let's say, Lonnie Walker in a pick for a Miles Turner, cool. I don't mind Miles Turner on the books for two years. What I'm saying is don't trade Thaddeus for some bench player, and now that bench player has two or three years on his contract. I'd much rather, nope. I'd much rather Thad Young's money roll off. So we can use it if we have to overspend. Yeah. That's what I mean. That makes sense. But uh, we'll see. I have a lot of faith. The Spurs' upcoming schedule also looks like they could make a run. So we're 10 and 16 right now. They've got new uh, Charlotte at home, which I might be going to that game. Oh. So if anyone's listening and you're going to be at the Charlotte game uh, tomorrow night, or when, by the time you listen to this, it'd be tonight. Uh, hit me up on social media. You can DM me on, we have Facebook, Spurs and Salsa page, Instagram, Spurs and Salsa, and of course, Twitter, at Spurs and Salsa. Getting that press pass? Not yet, man. We need more We need more uh, subscribers. Go ahead there and subscribe, go. whatever you're listening to right now. See what Doesn't I see how I did that? Look, man, I like that. You're, you're getting... You're becoming a pro. I mean, I'm, catch, I'm catching on. I'm catching on. You are. Then they go on the road. They got a little West Coast road trip. Utah, Sacramento, Clippers, Lakers. They come home for Detroit. Detroit, Utah, Miami, and then they go. Then they have this weird January road trip at Memphis, at Detroit, at Toronto, at Boston, at Philly, at Brooklyn. It's like a little mini rodeo road trip. Yeah, so they're going to start off January on a long road trip. And then, of course, February is the main rodeo trip. But they can... They're either going to make a real run where we're going to have a way different conversation on this podcast. Or they're going to not take advantage. And then we'll really have to talk to Team Tank. But we'll see. It looks like... They have about nine games left in 2021. Any, any thoughts on how you think we're going to finish out the year? I think they go... I think they do exactly what they just did. Six and three. Wow. Because, again, they don't have a whole... Like, it's not a murderer's row. Yeah. 
and um, they just win six and three, so it's not like I'm pulling a number out of my ass. I think they're a six and three type of basketball team. I think now that they're healthy and they've got some, you know, experience, a little bit of experience under their belts, I think we're seeing who they are, who they really are as a team. They're now, let's see, they're now four games out of the playoffs. They're only five games behind the Lakers. So it seems like it's far away. I mean, they're closer to the bottom than they are to the top still. No no question about that. But they start, they're starting to creep. I, I think I think I'm gonna go complete opposite. I think we go three and six. Oh, okay. I think we beat the Hornets, we lose to the Jazz, we beat the Kings, we lose to the Clippers, Lakers, beat the Pistons, and then lose those final three. Jazz Heat oh. Grizzlies. Dang. Okay. I guess we'll see. We'll have a, a very interesting New Year's Eve podcast. And it's easy to remember, right? Six and three, three and six. Yeah. All right. Starting tomorrow. Starting again. Start it. If uh, if I'm right, we got to play some uh, triple six songs to kick us off. If I can learn how to get us on songs. Uh, <laughs> I love three six mafia. Yeah. That'd be hilarious. Maybe we'll just try it if we get it deleted off. <laughs> if our episode gets deleted out of nowhere, then we'll know. Okay, don't do that again. My athletes get seized. I can't use my cards. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, any other storyline? So, Steph Curry, as we record this, broke the all-time three-point record. Oh, he did. He beat it. He did. That's nice. So, he beat it, and he's about to... So, that means every three-pointer going forward is giving him a cushion on that record. Do you think it'll be touched in our lifetime? Maybe not lifetime, because you know we're very young. We're gonna live yeah. a long time. Do you think it'll be touched in the next twenty years? Well, here's here's the thing. Like, if I'm looking at how many people have we seen said it? Like, we saw Ray Allen said it, and then Steph now break it in our lifetime, in our adult lifetime. Um, that makes me want to say yes, but. My gut says there's no way Steph's the best three point shooter of all time, and uh, I, I got a beef with Steph now that I don't know if I've ever. No, but you so let it off. come on, man. Yeah, so you know my name is my real name's Steven, spelled S T E P H E N. Right, never in my life growing up have I been called Steph more than I have in the past like eight years, and I blame that all on Steph Curry. I was at Chick Fil A like two days ago, placed an online order. Guys at my window, I tell him, hey, I placed an online order. And he said, Steph. And I said, no, Steven. And he was like, um, what's your last name? I told him. He's like, I don't have that order here. And I was like, I'm looking out on my apps, Steven. And he was like, no, no. And he went to inside, came back out. And he was like, no, could it be could it be Steph or Stefan? I'm like, come on, kid, bro. It's the same name. That probably happens like once every couple of weeks with me. I'm, I'm oh. like, they're like arguing with me over my name. And it's all Steph Curry's fault. So, um, yeah, You're before like- he... Before he came around, S-T-E-P-H-E-M was Steven. Now all of a sudden, it's it's cool to be Steph, I guess. And these, these young kids don't know that it's really Steven. Do you feel cooler if they call you Stefan? Kind of like Urkel? <laughs> like Urkel? No, you didn't want to no. be that growing up. I don't mind being Steph Curry, or, but you definitely don't want to be Stefan. Your beef with Steph Curry over the name, it reminds me of, remember Office Space? 
Oh yeah. Michael Bol- his name's Michael Bolton. Yeah, yeah. And he's upset that everybody just thinks of the singer. Yep, it's the kind of kind of the same way. So in our lifetime, we've seen Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, Steph Curry. So the way the NBA's trended the last decade, we'll probably see someone. I'm torn because, well, it's kind of like Tom Brady, right? Yeah. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, and he owns. Now he's starting to own all the passing records. But the NFL is a pass happy league. I guess that's a question, right? So NBA is a three point league now. But Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. Whose record gets broken first? Maybe that's a better question now that I talk through it. Like uh, 10 Super Bowls appearances no, or seven pass, rings? Passing records. Oh, I would I would say the passing records get beat first before three point records. Yeah, I yeah, for probably sure. agree with you. Okay, all right, all right. We might as well transition to NFL fully. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys win. They they didn't clinch a division, but they put themselves in a great spot. They have a three game lead now, with five games left. They're undefeated in their division. They've only lost one conference game. They're nine and four. They're in the four seed still for the NFC, but they're only a game behind the three teams in front of them. Your defense is playing fantastic. <sighs> Micah Parsons, for my money, is the best player to watch on TV. Wow! Did you see? Did you hear the MF? I mean, the MVP chant as he left the stadium the other day. Yes. Wow. He's my favorite player. So with all that said, I just it, I just made it sound like the grass is green as possible. How do you feel about this the Cowboys after the last few weeks, or how do you feel about the offense? Let's be honest, the offense. The offense, yeah, because the defense. We were having this conversation about the defense earlier in the year, top fifteen or not. They're they're probably a top five defense. Like the the turnovers, they're getting four turnovers in the last two games each. The defense is is playing through the roof, and they got everybody back healthy. So that isn't a concern, or shouldn't be a concern at this point. And isn't that crazy? So let's before we move forward. In the summertime, I said as long as the defense is serviceable, we're a Super Bowl contender. Not only is it serviceable, but they have two of probably the top ten defensive players in the world, and that's not even including Randy Gregory or Demarcus Lawrence. The defense is winning us games now. Yeah. So you would think that I was booking my ticket to Los Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. But we're here we are. We're about to have a conversation about the offense. Yeah. So let me give you the floor back. So the offense is piss poor right now. I'm not sure what's going on, if it's Mojo, if they're in their own heads, if Dak is not healthy. I don't know what it is. So my my hope is that we figure it out before the playoffs times come. Because okay. if we don't, we're going to be kicked out the first round. There's, there's just no way we can win a playoff game with our offense playing as poorly as they are. And if you look at the, the standings as of right now, we need to get out of this fourth seed. Because if we're in the fourth seed, we're going to go up against the Rams. And I do not want to see them in the first round. So if there's any way possible, we need to jump up. 
two or the three seed. So we got to be rooting for that. But we we've, we've kind of talked about it in group text and all that. And I don't know who's the blame, but I am just as upset with Kellen as I am with Dak. Dak is missing throws. He's just he's just not there. He's not the not there the way he was the first couple of games. I mean, we we're having conversations about he's. I mean, one of the the best quarterbacks in the league. He's mentally, he's hitting all the throws. He's making the right calls. You know, he's hitting the deep ball. I mean, he was doing everything right. And it's like, it's like a, I don't know, something's come over him. I think, I think I saw his QBR two games ago was the worst QBR he's ever had, like a nine point nine QBR, which is fr- insane to 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 think of. So, Dak's got to figure it out. The other thing is. Our boy Kellen is not pulling his weight. I don't know what he's doing in the red zone. He can't get anybody open. Um, these, we just played Washington, who had no defensive ends. We, I might as well have been out there rushing the passer for them. And we just continued to run the ball inside the tackles. We didn't really run the ball outside the tackles. I don't know what uh, what's happening. I think we're 0 for 6 in the red zone um, this past week. It, it was it's horrible. So Dak and Kellen got to figure it out. They got to get it together. If not, we're going to be fishing after uh, the first week of the playoffs. I guess I think you're giving Dak an out by blaming Kellen a little bit. You got some of your Jerry Jones syndrome where <laughs> last week he blamed the receivers. He, hey, this week, did you see today or yesterday? Yeah, said Dak's in a slump. We might as well have a segment where every week I get mad at Jerry Jones for having a radio show. <laughs> yes, Dak's in a slump, but you don't want your owner saying that. Yep, absolutely. I'm with you. Okay. I don't have a problem with Kellen Moore. I don't know. Because again, if your quarterback, if you're, if his QBR is nine, does it really matter what you're calling? Like, he's not getting it done. And I'm not going to pile on Dak and sound like I'm a Dak hater, but these struggles to me are 100% on deck. We've given him every toy possible. Now, I know there was a week or two where he didn't have Cooper and he didn't have CeeDee Lamb. You know, I know Zeke is a little banged up and Pollard didn't play this week, but you've got to be able to pick your team up because it's never going to be perfect, right? Injuries happen. Free agency happens. You're not going to have a gazillion weapons at your disposal. Now, look, quarterbacks get in a funk. Patrick Mahomes started the year poorly also. So I have confidence that Dak can play his way out of it. But he's got to soon because there's only, what, five games left? So, if he's, you know, there's not enough time. There's not a lot of time to get out of your funk. Uh, the schedule is very manageable except for the second to last game of the year, I think it is, against the Cardinals. Right now it's a noon game, but they're probably going to flex that game. Especially with the implications that could be surrounding that game. We talked about seeing the Cardinals lost this week, which brought them, they've had three losses along with the Bucks and Packers, and the Cowboys are sitting right behind them at four. So that game is probably going to mean a lot. And I think I saw somewhere where we just need 
I don't know if it was the Bucks or Packers to lose. And we could jump all the way to, to the two seed with a win. Yeah, we need a we need to win win out or figure that out because we cannot be in this four seed. We either need to win out and have the Bucks lose two games or create like a three or four way tie because our conference record is really, really good. I mentioned that and that's why I brought it up at the beginning of this segment. But um yeah, and, and Dex just in a funk. He's, he's not making good decisions. There was even two. I think there was two plays where he scrambled out of the pocket. Nobody was open, and instead of just throwing the ball away, yeah, he ran out of bounds and lost two yards or so. Yep. So he's not even the most simple of plays. That interception towards the end that put the put Washington back in the game was huge. Now he did come up clutch at the end, right? He. He was able to eat the clock, and he was able to execute enough first downs to win the game. So you got to give him credit for that. But so there's no blame on Kellen. The JD House. I just, I just don't see any reason to really. I mean, I don't think he's fantastic this last few weeks, but I don't see anything where I'm like. I think besides a screenplay on a third and long. Multiple. There are multiple screenplays on on third downs that were horrible calls. But is that lack of confidence on Dak? Because Dak hasn't thrown the ball downfield very well. Is Kellen just trying to save his quarterback or working with what he's got? No. It, how how can that be? How, we have so many weapons on offense. How is a, a screen on third and long our best our best play? When you're a nine. It's got to be some rub route, some, some sort of guaranteed plays that we have in our pocket that just work to get these first downs and our third down conversion rate is horrible. I don't know what it is, but it's horrible. I know it's, I know it's really bad. Yeah. They did another, like a fake toss shuffle, shuffle pass. That was, I don't know what we're doing that for in the red zone. There's just a, Kellen's got to get it together. Like it's up to him. We, you sit here and if the Cowboys were struggling on both sides, you'd be blaming Mike. Because it's up to him to get it together. But it's up to Kellen to figure this out on the offense. He's got to get Dak in a rhythm. And the thing is, he started strong. Like, that first drive started really strong. Dak looked good. He had some quick completions. And then we sputtered, and we ended up with three. So I don't know if that was scripted with him and Mike or, or how that came about. But that first drive looked nice. And then it's just like after that, it just we, – we never looked good. I think we have one touchdown on, like, 19 possessions. We have way too many. He threw 44 times, so he's giving – I just – I put it on Dak right now. I mean, his, his QBR was 9, and then I think it was 33 this week. I, you're not going to – your offense will not look good when your quarterback's that below average. Yeah, and he's played poor, so don't, I don't I don't want to think I'm like uh, rooting for Dak. I mean, saying he's, he's doing well and it's all on Kellen. He's played horribly, but – we we got to figure out ways to get these receivers open because he's throwing forty four times, but these receivers are locked up because I don't the routes are you're just not scheming. It's it's very Scott Linehan ish, and I hate bringing that up and I hate saying that, but the way the offense looks right now, it looks very Scott Linehan ish, and we got to figure it out. I can see that, but like I said, I think teams have figured out our receivers are kind of weak as far as. Mm. So that that came up before the Chiefs game. And that also, that 
you're bringing it up that they're not getting open. People have noticed that that if you press them, and I know I think I said that last two weeks. Yeah. I think the book is out on these guys as far as now they do need to figure out a way to get open, and that to me that's more one on one. These receivers need to win one on one battles. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You can you can try to scheme them open with I mean that's what the screens are for to be honest. That's what the quick outs, the the bubble screen, things like that. But these receivers have to win one on one battles. Yeah. There has been something with Dak's been doing that's been drive, driving me crazy. It's it's usually early in the game and it's like a third down. We might be on like, you know, about midfield. And it seems like before the play, the ball is snapped, he's his mind is made up and he's he's gonna throw it to like the Yes. The just, you know, Yes. Fly route, just a route right down the field, yep. um, the go route, and no matter what, like that's where he's going, and, and we miss that, and then it just kind of turns turns the tide. So he's got to he's got to quit quit making up his mind before uh, before the ball is snapped. And it's crazy because in the beginning of the season we were talking just just the opposite, like how smart is Dak? He's reading the blitzes, he's throwing to the right rec- right receiver. It's just so different. That's why I don't know if I blame Kellen if if Dak's not going through his progressions. Because what you just said, I agree with, and I saw, and I want to say Ryan, somewhere on ESPN pointed that out, or maybe it was NFL Network, but you're 100% right. He's not going through his progressions, or he's, he's going through them too quickly. There's so many times when he makes a throw to a contested receiver, and if you show the big picture, somebody else was open. Yeah. That's why I don't blame Kellen so much. I just think Dak's in a funk. And I'm not here to, again, I think Dak will get out of the funk, but as of right now, what we're recording, I I blame him. For, I blame him, and I also blame Zeke's injury. Because when Zeke's on, and when Pollard's playing, and the running game is creating second and shorts, you know what I mean? Third and shorts. That's when this team's rolling. Like Dak in his entire career, are not even just Zeke too. When Zeke is cooking, when Zeke is eating, the winning percentage of this franchise is sky high. Yeah, he makes Dak better for sure. So, but if Zeke's not going to be healthy the rest of the year, then Dak has to pick up the slack at, at times. And that that uh, TP, that Tony Pollard torn plantar fascia, that that's no joke. He may be able to play on it in a week or two, but he's not going to be right. I don't I don't know if he'll be right all year. Yeah. So, you know, we're not going to break any news here, but the Cowboys Super Bowl hopes rest on Dak. Yeah. You're going to get enough running game to just be serviceable, I think, with these banged up running backs. So Dak's going to have to win it on his arm. And his defense is going to give him plenty of opportunities. I mean, Randy Gregory had an amazing... <laughs> interception Micah Parsons doing his thing forced a fumble dropping coverage almost got another interception I mean we can I can spend an hour just praising Parsons for being the best football player on earth so all Dak needs to do is get back to Dak ways and this team is honestly if Dak plays the way he was early in the year this might be the favorite to win the Super Bowl yeah 
Yeah, for sure. And I, I think we'll I, they'll figure it out. Dak's a gamer, right? We you've, you've said it for years. Yeah. How good Dak is inside of four minutes or end of the, you know two minute drill. Two minute drill, he's great. Yeah. Yeah, he'll figure it out. I have, I, I don't have any doubt in that. It is nice that the defense can pick us up for some of these games while he figures it out. Yeah. But we need Dak to figure it out by the Arizona game. But I will say, if this offense continues to struggle. We'll have Kellen Moore again next year. He ain't he ain't getting a head coaching job anyway. Yeah, that's true. But we'll see. I think he's gone. I I would I would already have him buying a house in Chicago. <laughs> I'll call it now. What about right. someone we we don't ever give any love to? The highest graded player on PFF this past week, LVE, Leighton Vanderess. He's he's quietly he having game. He had yeah. a good game. Um, there's times when he looks real slow out there. Yeah. But you're right. I will give him love because that was probably his best game. There was times during this game against Washington where I was like, hey, look at him making play. He made it he yeah. early too. Yeah. I think it was a sweep to the left and he ran across the field and stopped it. Um, good, I'm glad you brought that up because you're right. He did have a very good game. I hope he plays his way into a you know, small little, you know, decent contract. Yeah. It'd be one less hole to fill. And I think it's, it, it probably helps that he doesn't have to do so much now that Parsons is unstoppable. Yeah. I did, uh, I did like our team, whether it was Zeke or Lyle coming to get Dax back. That was really good. Yeah. Uh, of course, Zeke's always like, you could tell Zeke and Dax. Yeah, they love each other. Brothers, the yeah. fact that his, Zeke's first reaction was to push him. Yeah, he wasn't even in the, on the and field. And Collins to come out. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm, you know what? I do criticize McCarthy a lot, but McCarthy did not mind it at all. He smiled. No. He gives you a little smirk. He was yeah. happy. I like that mentality. Yeah. He also – did he go for a fourth down? or There was something right tweeted out that McCarthy – oh, he went for two with the first touchdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It just puts pressure on the other team. I love it so much. So I will give Mc. I liked. I think McCarthy has learned, and I don't want to jinx him. <laughs> he has learned when to be aggressive and how to be aggressive. To do it smartly. And I like it. I like the attitude. Um, he got a lot of flack. I think we recorded before he guaranteed victory. Oh yeah, we did. But I'm okay with that. I don't want him to say, well, we'll hope for the best. Yeah. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Now, if Dak can get that swag back that his coach has, Cowboys will be in great shape. Yeah. And one thing, and I could be I could be reaching here, so don't hold me to this, but it seemed like, I don't know if it was just the shots, like the, the camera angles they were taking this week. I saw Mike McCarthy looking at his play laminate play card more than I've seen him look at it. So I don't know if he's having some some second guesses, but usually uh, even when the offense is out there, he's not looking at that. But I, I saw him a couple of times eyeballing it, trying to see what was going on. So, you know, there's there, – I, I don't think it would come to this, but if the offense stays where it's at, the talk is going to be, does Mike McCarthy take over the play calling? Um, going into the playoffs. I mean, I don't think he does. And again, I don't think it gets to that, but just something on, on the stretch to, to keep an eye out on. What if he's already calling plays? That's why it's not been good. Well, like we give it back to Kellen. 
<laughs> you just you want the chain. Okay. I just want the chain. I don't care who does it. Okay. I just want the W. All right. Okay, okay. Now, uh, as people listen to this, if you're listening to it on December 15th, it is National Early Signing Day for college football. Now, before we talk about anything else, um, I wanted to bring this up. I'm a big fan. Every Before every football season starts, usually it comes out in June or July. Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine comes out. Yep. And for those that don't know, shame on you, because this is the football Bible in Texas. It breaks down every college in, in Texas. It breaks down recruiting. It breaks down high school football. It is amazing. And unfortunately, Dave Campbell passed away this week. Uh, so I know if you're watching the high school playoffs, I think we're about to hit the championship games. Nobody in San Antonio um, made it to championship level, but Brandon, the Brendan Bears made it pretty far. But I'm sure you'll see a lot of tributes to him. He, he did a lot for Texas football, so I just want to throw that out there. And I wanted to bring it up because we're going to talk recruiting. December 15th is early National Signing Day. And I think I, we, we've been talking about it here and there the last few episodes, but today I want to talk big about it. So before we get into uh, signing day and who's still out there and how do the Texas teams look, Quinn Ewers, the all-world quarterback, the quarterback from South Lake Carroll who graduated high school early to go play for Ohio State and earn a million dollars with a truck commercial, has come home. He uh, he decided he missed Texas, which who, who could blame him for that? And he was picking between Texas Tech and Texas. And earlier this week, he decided to go to Austin. He will be a Texas Longhorn. Uh, huge for Steve Sarkeesian. First, what the Longhorns have been missing this last probably decade has been keeping these five-star all-world players home. Yep. They've been leaving to go to Ohio State, Alabama, LSU. Ohio State has come in here and taken a ton, a ton of the, the top-level Texas players. And obviously, they had taken Quinn Ewers. So this is a big step in the right direction for Texas. It shows the world that people haven't, the kids haven't given up on Steve Sarkeesian, which is a good message for him, especially going into signing day. Um, but that, that's exciting. Quinn Ewers announced it by posting a picture of himself in a Texas uniform with a state of Texas flag. And he, he tweeted out, hey, Alexa, play Take Me to Texas by George uh, Strait. I love it. And he tagged George Strait. So, um yeah, I love that so much. Is there does this make the season okay? Like Sark being able to to get viewers to come home, Quinn to come home. It might because yeah. and I don't know if it makes the season okay, but it shows that the season there's still hope for Steve Sarkeesian. There's still yeah. a lot of hope. Because for those that don't know, Quinn Ewers got a perfect score for the recruiting, which means Every recruiting site in America had him as the best player. 
he was supposed to graduate this year. So he's actually getting to Texas the same time he thought, you know, they thought that they would get him. Just a million dollars richer. Just a million dollars richer. And, <laughs> you know, he's got some college football experience. Now, with that said, the Longhorns also went out and got the number four player in the state of Texas the number 15 player in America. These are all rankings based off of 24-7 sports. Offensive tackle Kelvin Banks mm. from hum- from Humboldt, Texas. He uh, He's a five-star also. And then they ended up getting two four-star linemen as well. So recruiting has gone extremely well for Texas in the last few days. And um, I kind of wanted to talk about the top of the top kids in Texas because a lot of them are still undecided and they might be deciding on December 15th. Harold Perkins, he's a linebacker out of Cypress, Texas. He's ranked as the best player in this recruiting class, not named Quinn Ewers. He's picking between Texas A&M and Texas. Evan Stewart, the wide receiver we talked about a few weeks ago, committed to A&M, but until he signs his papers tomorrow, I think that recruiting battle is still up for grabs. Devin Campbell, he's a five-star inside linebacker. I'm sorry, interior lineman. Guard, yeah. He's not going to commit till February, so he'll still be out there um, for the next two months. Denver Harris, a five-star corner out of North Shore, Houston. He's picky between Alabama, A&M, and Texas. Uh, A&M already has a five-star quarterback in this class, Connor Wigman. But uh, there's still a lot of names out there. Just five stars that can really swing uh, a recruiting class, either for Sarkeesian. A&M already has the number three class in the country. If they land a few more of those kids that I just talked about, it could shoot them to number one. It could It could make it an extremely special class. Uh, Texas is at number six. And that doesn't count Ewers since he's a transfer, technically. Yeah. So take that for what you will. So they have a really, really good class. And it could get a little bit better if they, if they land a few of those five stars. Uh, so tomorrow will be very a lot of fun here in the state of Texas. Because you'll also see... If you put on the local news in San Antonio or wherever you're listening to this, you'll see the local kids signing, and that's always fun. You know, these kids that work hard, and they're going to go to school. Um, I'm also trying to look up UTSA's recruiting. UTSA did land a three-star linebacker, one of the, which is really big. Whenever you, a team like UTSA gets a three-star recruit, that's always huge. So a week ago, they had the number eight class in their own conference. And I was kind of wondering why it was so bad. They've already shot back up this week to number four. So the linebacker they got is Owen Payway. I don't know if it's Payway or Peewee out of Cypress, Texas. They've got a three-star wide receiver, Jace Wilson out of Denton. They've got a three-star Offensive tackle from Central Catholic, the local boy, Ben Rio. Oh. So they got a few five-star, or I'm sorry, five, three-star recruits. I don't know. Let me see. 
And if you want to see this stuff for yourself, go to 24-7 Sports. It's a great website to do this. It's free. Let's see what offers they have out there. So if you're a UTSA fan, hmm, I'm trying to see if there's anyone that they are looking to flip. Or they're close to. They have some offers out. So there's a three-star tight end out of College Station. His name's Houston Thomas. They think he's going to pick UTSA. He's got offers from Memphis, Louisiana, Fresno State, Washington State. So that's a, that's a big one to look at if you're UTSA. Uh, it looks like it's about it. Unless there's some more surprises that Jeff Trailer has up in, you know, in store for him. But I don't see anywhere else where he's really battling it out for some somebody else. But yeah, tomorrow will be fun. I can't wait to see who the big boys go to. I can't wait to see what UTSA pulls. And also, I'm I'm always a fan of watching either you know Greg Simmons on KSAT or or Don Harris to see what the local where the local kids because it's not just football. I think um, athletes all over the city will be signing to play sports. We picking up a hat and putting it on. Yeah, that's exciting. Like, I don't, I don't care where, what school you're going to. I mean, that's just a big deal. And shout out to all those young athletes, student athletes that are going to continue to play, to play sports, to play ball. Uh, Did you? Uh, oh, excuse me. What does your uh, your little boy think of? You know, I know he's. They're both huge UT fans, but but my BFF is a is a massive Longhorn fan. Yes. What does he think about Quinn coming? Have you had that? conversation with him did you tell him about him so he he's excited i don't know if he understands how good he is uh-huh like i showed him some hype videos and, and he's excited what made him the most excited was I lincoln, lincoln oh. riley left oklahoma <laughs> really yes. so his hate for ou so he just knows lincoln riley's a great coach yeah and he's like okay now we now we're gonna beat him did you tell him that quinn's rocking a dirty mullet Oh, he he knows all about that mullet. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to talk his mom into letting him dye his mullet. <laughs> Do it for the Christmas break. So we'll see. It's funny you brought that up because tomorrow is ugly sweater day at their ugly Christmas sweater day at their school. And as we speak, my wife is making him an Oklahoma with a Christmas tree sweater. <laughs> oh, I love it. And he's so excited. That's what he wants to do. <laughs> So yeah, he's excited. Uh, he wanted to go to the UTSA bowl game, but it's you know I think I worked that day during the week. But yeah, he's excited for Quinn Ewers. Um, again, I think recruiting's a little over his head as far as like he he knows they're supposed to be good, but until he sees it. And you know, with him, he's more of a wide receiver guy. Really? Yeah, he loves wide receivers. He's like me. <laughs> I think Quinn's got some swag about him. I think once he sees him on the field lighting it up, he'll he'll. Oh fall. yeah, and I mean Texas has Alabama week too, so they're gonna Quinn will have his opportunities to to either be special or have a real rude awakening on college football. <laughs> but it just feels so far away. I don't want to talk too much about it. Let's get through recruiting, get through signing day, and then uh, let's see what the Cowboys do. Now, one guy he does love is uh, Trayvon Diggs. Mm. 
That's his boy. He loves him some Trayvon Diggs. That's funny that Micah's having such a good season. We're not even really talking about Diggs too much. Dude, and I wanted to bring that up, and I, I just – Trayvon Diggs was the leader for Defensive Player of the Year, what, yeah. four, weeks, four weeks ago. I know. And now Micah Parsons is going to steal that thunder, which is okay, right? You have a deep team. But, yeah, and I'll tell you, uh, all the neighborhood kids are big Trayvon Diggs fans. He's, he's very popular in our neighborhood. I think Santa's going to have to bring a few jerseys. Digs jersey, oh, yeah, but uh, of course, Parsons is starting to pick up because of all the hype he gets. I think kids are very much influenced not only on who the adults around them are talking about, but TV. Mm. So, right now in the mornings, if I'm watching ESPN, my kids are hearing nothing but oh my god, Michael Parsons is super, yeah, cool. so that's starting to creep into their head, and that's what it was with Diggs, right? Diggs was getting pick after pick after pick. It was to the point where we would like, oh my god, he got another pick. Yeah. But it's been, but we'll see. But yeah, recruiting's tomorrow or probably today when you're listening to this. Uh, make sure you, make sure you watch the local news wherever you, if you, even if you're somewhere else in Texas, I'm sure they do it everywhere. It's it's a fun story to see the kids that get recruited. Now before we go, we usually do a seg- segment called "What Are You Watching." And it's kind of the same thing. And we, we touched upon it a little bit last week, but I really need to know, Mouse. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. I need your Christmas movie list. Give me a top five. Top five. All right. The must-see we... must movies you have to watch every season. Christmas Story, right off the bat. Got to hit them okay. with it. Okay. Then comes Die Hard. That's, that's got to be. Yes. It's got to be on the list. Home Alone. That's gotta be uh, that's gotta be on there. Okay. And then I, I kind of feel like those three kind of stand okay. alone. So they're at another level. Yeah. So those three are the top of the, the, your Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the top of the the food chain. Anything you mentioned from here on out is a, a little notch below. Yeah, like I'm kind of reaching for it a little bit. Okay. Okay. What about you? Those three are up there. I would add Elf. Oh, Elf's a good one. Elf's you know what? I, I hate to jump on it, but Elf's, the Elf's up there for sure. That's that's on the same okay. Mount Rushmore. But I know your fifth one, okay, okay. and it, and uh, my hot take is it's garbage. You heard you heard it here first. Yeah, and this this is where we haven't fought as much as I thought we were today, and I think this is gonna be it. Christmas vacation, man. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I can I watched it last night. It's on HBO Max. Oh, uh, yeah. Die Hard is on the Peacock Network. In case you want to check out a few Christmas movies. Um, I gotta hear this Christmas vacation thing. Come on, man! It's and it's not. I don't even know like how it started. I just feel like there's so much hype around it, and just not like a huge fan. Like it, it just reminds me. Like, I guess maybe being little and my family were watching, I would just wouldn't want to watch it. Didn't interest me. I don't find it too funny. Um, I don't know. I know it's not not the norm. I th- I think the funny there's a funny part. Where he's talking to the neighbor and he says, like, where are you going to put that tree? And he goes, like, bend over and I'll show you. Like, that that to me, <laughs> he's like, I wasn't talking to you. Like, he's talking to the girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that is, like, a classic line. And I love that that scene. But other than that, it's just, like, eh, I, I, I don't have to watch it. And if it's on, I'm not putting it on. Dang. Where yeah, my shitter's full? Shitter's full. I, I don't even, I can't even 
I mean, didn't didn't do anything. I know. I know. Come it's on, man. I know it. I know. It. Like that that uh, scene with is it a, a squirrel or a chipmunk or something in the tree is so so yeah. whack. I hate I hate watching that. It's but <sighs> even in my household, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an outsider, so you'll find it on in my house. But I'm usually um scrolling on my phone or something if if it's. So on. I definitely watched that. That's how I know it's on HBO Max. I did watch Die Hard this week on Peacock. Um, I watched Gremlins. Oh, yeah. I already, I already talked about that. That would be on there, too. Yeah. Um, hey, there was a, uh, there's like a Home Alone link going on, going around Facebook last week. Did you click it by chance about like facts about Home Alone? No, because I had watched, um, I know we've talked about the Netflix series. Oh, yeah. The movies that make us. Yep. And there's a Home Alone episode, so I think I know. Most of I, them. I would, I would say I would know everything, but hit me with something. All right, a couple of them that, that stood out to me. Robert De Niro was, they wanted him to tap, uh, or they wanted him to play Joe Pesci's role. Oh, yeah, which, I saw that. Yeah, he, uh, and he didn't accept a gig. Don't Chris they, wouldn't it be a completely different movie? Yeah, you know what, it's kind of weird. I was like, they were reaching for somebody from Goodfellas, really, right? Like, why Joe Pesci? Robert, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was, it's true. It's yeah, true. it was weird. But, yeah, Joe Pesci uh, got that role, obviously. Chris Farley. Audition for the Santa didn't make the cut. Um, let's see. Oh, Joe Pesci avoided Macaulay Culkin on set. Like it talked about, he wanted Macaulay to be afraid of him. So anytime he saw him, he'd be like really mean to him in real life and like try to avoid him <laughs> at all times. Was like, that That's was hilarious. was funny. Um, and then the probably the, the biggest one, other than the Robert De Niro one that stood out, the uh, Keep the Change, you filthy animal. That's not even a real movie. I like that. Yeah, they mocked that little thing just for just for Home Alone, which was which was interesting. But anyway, yeah, some facts. I know I clicked on it a couple of times and read through them. So Gremlin, okay, Gremlins is on HBO Max as well. So, are you as big of so does Home Alone two get up there on your list? No, no way. I I haven't watched it in years, and I won't. I won't watch it. Really? Yeah, that's the one with the lady in the park, right, with the birds. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it's on, I'll probably change the channel. Dang, like that, huh? Yeah. I, I, I like Home Alone too. You do? Yeah. With TV, I'm always like, can should I watch this? Is it worth my time? Should I watch something else? Like, is it worth me spending two hours watching it? So Home Alone 2 doesn't make the cut. Any old movies? Any classics? Like It's a Wonderful Life? Or, uh... I don't know. Those are f- 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 no, as a friend <laughs> of mine would say. <laughs> he's, not allowed to, he's not allowed to curse. So. I like how passionate you are about... Uh... <laughs> No, like no, I'm not watching. No, nah, it's, it's not. Why are you so passionate about hating old movies? Just out of curiosity. I don't know. Are they? They just seem so weird to watch. Like again, I'd rather be doing something else than I'd rather cut the grass or something. I don't know. Than watch some old movies. That's hilarious. You just have such passion. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh it's the way I feel. Have you done? Have you taken my advice and watched any um? TV show episodes? No, I haven't. You know what? I jotted down and I didn't get to watch it. I almost ended up watching it, but I uh, I decided not to. Um, was that DMX documentary on Music Box? Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I know it's not a Christmas movie, but I have that in my notes to watch, and I almost watched it, but I didn't. Okay. Um, no Christmas episodes. So, going back to Peacock, they they do break it down. Hulu does a little bit break down some Christmas episodes. I did watch. How I Met Your Mother Christmas episodes. What I forgot 
they always have really good Christmas episodes is uh, The Office. Oh. They always have really good ones. That's a show that delivers on Christmas. But um, but yeah, I did a few of those. Wait, I thought you're not an Office fan. I thought that's your hot take. Do you like The Office? No, I do like The Office. Okay. I don't. I think Parks and Rec is way better. That might be my hot take. But even then, like you have to give Office credit because the only reason Parks and Rec is better is because it took from the mistakes The Office made. Mm. Like it took what was good about The Office, and then the things that you know that could be better, and they made it better. Yeah, I've never really watched Parks and Rec. I probably should. Yeah, I think you like it a lot. You know what? Yeah. You, we were talking about Christmas episodes last week, the week before, and you know what good one I just recently watched, and I completely forgot about it, and I don't. I, you probably forgot about it too. The Ted Lasso Christmas one. That was a great episode. That's oh, one of my favorite episodes. Oh, season two. That's right. That was a that really was good. Really one. good. Yes, that's a good rewatch to go back and get you in Christmas spirit. Yeah. And I know we're missing some, and I'll probably watch them the next week or two if I find them. But uh, yeah, those are a few that I've that I've enjoyed. But uh, how about how about your daughter Elle? Does she have any Christmas movies that she likes? So this is the first year, right? She's like two and a half, almost three. So this is the first year where she's really starting to understand Christmas and like Santa Claus and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So. I don't think there's any like Christmas one she likes, but she loves just like if I put on Christmas songs like on YouTube or something, they have like the weird little like claymation or weird animation cartoons of like Rudolph or anything like that. She's she's loving she likes that. those. Okay. Yeah, sure. The classics. So yeah. she doesn't hate the classics like her dad. <laughs> and those classics I kinda like. Like the, those cartoon classics I'm I'm on board with, but just not the like nineteen forties black and white. Well, those are like 50s or 60s cartoons. Yeah, I think they're probably even older, right? They're probably like 30s and 40s. Like, yeah, so chill. <laughs> it's cartoons, bro. I like the cartoons. It's like those stop animation things. <laughs> it looks worse than the old movies. <laughs> All right. Well, before we go, uh, we were trying. I know we had hinted towards reviewing a beer, but we could not find it, which Tough. is probably a good thing, right? That means it's in demand. So shout out. We will get to it as soon as we, we get We'll get to reviewing it whenever we get it in our hands. But um, what I did want to review is a store, a local store here in town, Southtown Vinyl. I think this is the first record store we've done in town, and it won't be the last because I do collect vinyl. That's kind of where I, you know. Is that a La Bamba reference? No. Uh (laughs) But I do have the original Richie Valens record. Oh, I found it at Southtown. It wow. is it's not a reprint either. It's from the fifties. The the record I have. That's but, neat. Um, I wanted to shout them out because they're always real cool. Uh pre pandemic, I was going all the time finding some gems like La Bamba or I think I looked I got some hip hop C D or records. What do those go for? Like if somebody's looking to get start collecting records, like what a So a good reprint so they're reprinting them, meaning you can get a class. Like I got, so I went this week and got Nas Illmatic. Oh, okay. And I'll tell the story in a minute, but they're like a little over $30. Dang. Now, if you're, if you go to a rec, those are reprints that are brand new, right? Yep. 
if you go to a record store like Southtown Vinyl, you're going to see some old stuff, right? And what I mean by old is it's the original record. Mm. Those are probably cheaper because the K, you know, the cardboard covering is a little worn. The record, you know, it might not be in 100% shape. Those are, you can get those cheap. And Southtown Vinyl is not the only record store, again, we're going to review. There's a lot of good places in town. I want to give them all their proper due. What I love about Southtown Vinyl is during the pandemic, since you couldn't go into their store, and they still do this to this day, if you follow them on Instagram, uh, at Southtown Vinyl, they post the records they're getting every day. And if you if you send them an, a message either on the post or on their uh, Instagram story, and you say, "Hey, like I, I saw that they had Illmatic, one of the greatest rap albums of all time," I was like, "Oh, that's something I really want to own." So I just hit them up. Hey, do you still have Illmatic? They said, "Yeah." I said, "Can you hold it for me? I'll be there the next day." And they held it for me, man. I went over there the next day. Damn, that's neat. That's cool. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. So during the pandemic, I was buying way too many records. But uh, so even now, because I don't, as you'd imagine, Southtown Vinyl is on South. It's in Southtown. Uh, if you know where Southtown 101 is, it's about a block or two away. I think it's on South Pressa. Uh, they just moved into that new location like two months ago. They used to be closer to uh, downtown, regular downtown. So. If you haven't been in a few months, make sure you look up the new address. Uh, new location. It's a cool location. It's like an old school location. I like it a lot. Some of the other records I bought there. Uh, I got three Jay-Z albums there. The Black Album, The Blueprint, and Volume 3, S. Carter. Do you have a favorite that you got Vinyl? there? Vinyl? Vinyl, yeah. Uh, Probably the Richie Valens because it's rare, and it's the it's an original. He only made one album, so there's. I think I looked it up. It's worth about four or five hundred dollars now. Dang, uh, that's probably my favorite because it's again it's a rare find. It's not a reprint. Uh, that's that's probably it. I did find New Edition, their first out or not their their any heartbreak album. So do you uh, and, go, and, do I what? Do you uh, do you go in there like Q from Juice and t- talk to the girl and have your wife like steal one while you're talking to her? I haven't done that move yet, but no, nah, I'm not gonna try that. Not with my boys. <laughs> I did when I was walking out. Some uh, DJ was walking. And he goes, "Dang, you got Illmatic. That's a good one." Dang. And I didn't want to tell him my secret. Hopefully, he's not listening to this podcast because my secret is to, and I'm sharing with our listeners because. I'm a man of the people, but yeah, go to Southtown Vinyl, and if you see something you like, they have all different varieties, so uh, you see something you like, hit them up, and they'll, they'll hold it for you, hopefully. They're usually good about it. If, it's, if they still have it, they'll hold it for you. If it's too late, then you know you lost it, but, but I got plenty, and again, it's not the only place I'll talk about. I think there's, there's at least one more that I really want to talk about, but Southtown Vinyl's been good to me, so... I wanted to give him a shout out. How about you, man? You ready to get in the vinyl game? Get some, get some death row albums. I know. You know, I've been probably for a couple of years. I've been tempted to, 
to do it because it just seems kind of cool and nostalgic. But uh, but no, I don't I don't own any. I haven't, I haven't tried it at yeah. all. Yeah, I treat it like art. You know, some people buy art, put it on the wall. I buy records. It is nostalgic. Also, though, in today's you know, it's funny because we all have music gaps where we can uh, pull up any song we want, right? But we get so stuck in just listening to singles, right? Because it's so easy to just play different songs. Yeah. So, so it's cool, like a like an album like Yomatic. You know, yeah, there's singles on it, but it's not like a big commercial record. But you listen to it through, you know, you listen to it all the way through, and it's that's how it's intended to be. And I think that's kind of a dying art for musicians. Yeah, that's true. You 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 forget with like shuffle, you know, you the way the yeah. tracks are supposed to flow together. Because remember, when we were growing up, you would, uh, yeah, that's that's one thing. The albums are supposed to go together in a certain way. But also, you know, back in the day, we didn't have these apps where we could listen to whatever we wanted. So we went to Camelot Music at Westlake. Oh. You know, and you, you spent $15 on a cassette or, or a CD. You're going to give it a few listens all the way through because you just spent money on it. You know what I mean? Yep. So you're going to give it a real chance and you're going to listen to the entire album and you're going to hope that you like it because you just spent money on it. But nowadays, like, let's say someone comes out with a new album and you just skim through and you're like, okay, I like two tracks on here. You're not going to give the album a chance again. You're just going to take those two tracks, stick them in a playlist and just keep moving. Yeah, that's so interesting, too, because there's a lot of songs like I will hear once or twice and I'm not a fan of and then. A couple of months later, I'll hear them again. I'm like, oh man, why was I not listening to this? Why like, didn't I do that? Because we're so we have so many options. Yeah. So albums is a good way to, yeah, it's nostalgic. You know, I, I'm I am buying a lot of the old hip hop albums I used to own. Uh, even non hip hop stuff. That I inherited from my dad, uh, but it is also a way to listen to stuff all the way through. Like my kids randomly got into Michael Jackson a few months ago. Hmm. And my dad had the original Thriller album. On vinyl? Yeah. I guess. yeah right. Dang. So, so they were listening to that all the way through. I was like, yeah, this is a great album. It's not just two or three songs. And this is what you did. You put it on and you chill. So they're, they appreciate that. I got a George Strait Pure Country record. It's a good one. Which is my favorite. Probably my favorite country album of all time. So... That's one of the ones I really like. I a matter of fact, I think I bought it in the intent of giving it as a Christmas gift. And I was like, nah, I'm going to keep this. Wow, that's cold blood. <laughs> yeah. I got them something else, but I was like, nah, this is too good. Like, and it's, it's hard to find. So I don't know if I've ever listened to that album like all the way through. For real? Like for the soundtrack, right? Yeah, I think my mom had it on cassette, and I wore that sucker out. Dang. Over and over in the car. Boom, 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 boom. But I have a bunch. I have, you know, uh, Garth Brooks' Wild Horses album. I'm starting to build a collection. So if anyone has any questions about Southtown or just records in general, hit me up. Or if you want to... You know what? I'm going to regret doing this podcast. I'm going to be trying to get new albums yeah. <laughs> on Southtown's Instagram, and they're going to all be gone. I mean, some guy, Mouse, just reserved that one. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, you're like fifth in line. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What? Well, uh, we didn't fight it much, I guess, because you were so wrong and everything. Yeah, right. Get the 
out of here. Bro, you go against Clark, Clark Griswold on Christmas? Maybe Christmas. I'm, I'm wrong You're on that. You're not winning. You're not I'm not, winning. I'm not, I'm not wrong on Kellen Moore. You guys you. You're giving him too much blame. Ben Simmons, you weren't strong. You weren't too strong on that, so we didn't. We're all right on there, but yeah, man, give Clark Griswold, Griswold another chance. Do it for your wife, because I know she's yeah. me. Yeah, she'll, it'll be on for sure. It probably was already on actually, sometime in the last week or so. Maybe give Kevin McAllister some uh, some more love when he's in New York too. Yeah, in part two. That'll be a hard no for me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're too busy cutting the grass. Yeah. All right, well, uh, that's our show. Again, if you're at the Spurs, if you're at the Spurs Hornets game, send me a message. I'll be there. And then the Spurs will be on a road trip. We'll, we'll uh, catch up with them there. We'll see if the Cowboys keep winning and if Dak gets out of his funk. It'd be nice if we record next week and Dak throws for 400 yards. Yeah, if, just right. like his old self. Play calling's different. Yeah, I like I like that. I'm on board for that. All right, and we'll definitely have. I'm thinking a new coffee review next week. It'll be beer or coffee. Uh, I'm going to call it now. So stay tuned for that. Go ahead and watch those Christmas movies, Christmas TV shows. Hey, what about Christmas with the Cranks? I just thought of that. I don't think I've ever seen that. Wow. That's a close second to that top tier of Christmas movies. Christmas with the Cranks. I couldn't even tell you who's on that or what it's about. <laughs> to be honest, if we're being completely honest. Wow. Tim Allen. If you see it on. I mean, wow. the, the Santa Claus is good. If you see it on TV, watch it for me. We'll see, man. It might not be worth my time. Like, like, a, <laughs> like a good friend told me. It's got to be worth my time. Uh, you're a hater. Okay. <laughs> All right. Till next week. Go through. Go. Go.